Hi, I'm Marlo, founder of Marlo's Bake Shop. And I'm Kellen, founder of Kellen's Kitchen. And together we are sweet and salty. I have no good intros for this, but we are going to talk, diverge away important, guys. from our normal and talk about cooking for beginners. Just being a beginner, just owning, yeah, owning your amateur status. Exactly. And being proud of it. Totally. Do you have any memories of like before you were a professional, you know, well-renowned, very respected chef? No. I'm just kidding. <laughs> of like being a beginner in the kitchen and what that felt like and maybe you messed up? Oh yeah. I mean, I messed up constantly. I definitely cut myself a ton. Oh yeah. Before I realized that I should just have sharp knives all the time. And now I cut yeah. myself even more. Right. So that's but, normal. Yeah. But they don't bleed as much? No. I mean, overcooking things, having sauces break, um... Definitely a couple unsavable burnt pans. Yeah, that's unfortunate. I mean, I still burn while well, toasting nuts all the time. <laughs> that's sad. Um, I remember I once was making brownies for my mom as a surprise, and I swapped the quantities for sugar and salt. Oh, yeah, that's a good and one. that one, you you definitely cannot nope, save. You cannot. There is no saving that. I tried to make simple syrup with salt once. Oh my god! Yeah, that didn't work. Was that intentional? No, I didn't. Oh, know okay. That. Yeah, <laughs> totally intentional. So, as a beginner, we're gonna kind of go to very basics. Um, maybe some things that you might not have in your pantry, but um, we are both gonna go over kind of sweet and savory pantry items that I always have. You always have kind of this to make sure to set yourself up to make a good dish. Yeah, and by pantry items, we, we literally mean things that are shelf-stable. You don't have to worry about getting fresh. Um, these are things that, you know, in a pinch, you can probably make something basic. And, and we'll talk about some of these basic recipes. Um, but, you know, if you have some vegetables or maybe a protein that's about to go bad, using these pantry staples, you can whip up something, you know, totally. at, at the very least that's edible. Yeah. All right. I mean, aside, first two ingredients, salt and pepper. Absolutely. Extra virgin olive oil and cooking oil. It's very important to have two different oils in your house. So what, cooking oil, what would you recommend? I like just using a vegetable oil or a canola oil. Very okay. non-flavored, simple, high heat. So you can fry, you can make dressings, you can stretch the things out. Yeah, absolutely. And just to point out here, the reason to have two, I mean, olive oil is great as like a finishing oil, great for salad dressings, roasting, but it, it does become carcinogenic at high heat. So you can burn it. It's true. Also, um, chicken stock, either chicken bouillon cubes or powdered chicken stock, um, liquid chicken stock can last three months or so. Yeah. Um, I always have a, a can of whole peeled tomatoes. And the reason why I have whole peeled is because that can make a sauce very simple. It can make a stew. It can make so many different things. Chili base. Yeah. Um, I'm Asian, Japanese. I always have Japanese rice. Um, I also always have some sort of pasta. Um, and then vinegars. I always have balsamic vinegar, a red wine vinegar, or some other lighter vinegar to either make like salad dressing, sauces, any sort of <clears throat> kind of dressing, if you will. Yeah, I mean, basically what Kellen's talking about are these kind of uh, the trifecta of cooking, which is like fat, acid, salt. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and then kind of two perishable items that I usually have is garlic and onions. Um, and kind of a, a little known thing is I use, I call it cheat garlic. You can get crushed jarred garlic at any grocery store it's great to have in the fridge if you don't yeah, want to it'll deal last with a while it. last a while just throw a little bit in here and there to veggie stir fries um and lastly kind of the french staple is dijon mustard 
Dijon mustard is not just great for sandwiches and hot dogs. Um, I use it as an emulsifier for a lot of different dressings. Mm -hmm. um, I use it in mac and cheese, actually. Oh. Oh. I mean, a lot of different techniques yeah. for, for mustard. Yeah, good ones. All right, let's go to the sweet side. Yeah, so I mean, there are some overlaps um, between ours. Not not too many, but obviously salt. I would say for, for baking, um, I like to use kosher salt, but for a finishing salt, that flaky sea salt known as Maldon, which we, we love here. Still waiting for our sponsor. Is uh, always good to have. Um, obviously, butter. Mm -hmm. You can use unsalted oh. or salted. Whatever your preference is, you can bake with either. That's a huge thing. Don't get margarine. Get butter. No, do not get margarine. That stuff is nasty, folks. Throw it in your freezer, too. Yeah, it'll last forever, really. I mean, white granulated sugar, um, brown sugar. Again, light, dark, doesn't really matter. Just have a little bit on hand. Um, again, white flour, kind of all-purpose is great. Baking soda, baking powder, these will last for years, although mm -hmm. you will want to check the date if it has been in your cabinet for years <laughs> of your baking soda and baking powder. They are kind of chemical, so they do lose their efficacy as they get older and pass their best buy. Um, nice word. Oh, thank you. Uh, chocolate, so I would say like a block of baker's chocolate is good to have on hand. Especially um, for those rainy, lonely days. Especially for those days. Um, and chocolate chips. So chocolate chips don't necessarily melt in the same way that a block of chocolate does. They have uh, an emulsifier in them called soy lecithin. So you can bake with chocolate chips, and that's why they don't like melt into a puddle into your chocolate chip cookies, whereas a bar of chocolate is really designed to be kind of pure and unadulterated and, and melt for ganache or frosting or whatever, or your mouth, mm -hmm. basically. And chocolate <laughs> chips can also be used in trail mix or yeah. just by the handful. Or just by the handful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, great to have in a pinch. Cocoa powder. Um... And vanilla extract, pure vanilla extract. And if you wanted to get a little bit crazier, I'd say whole wheat flour, canola oil, and coconut uh, For foods. another episode, Another Marlo. episode. Just get stage two. Okay, so we've lined out a pantry. Um, we're going to give you just a couple recipes here that um, are go-tos, at least for, for me. But I also think that everyone should know how to do. Yeah. A great, impressive. You want to impress, you know, your girl's parents and friends. Yeah. yeah. It's so easy. And that is roasting a chicken. Yeah, and I don't think a lot of people, I think people shy away from roasting a chicken because it appears like it's challenging. Yes. There is one quote-unquote gross thing you have to do to it. It's that when you buy the chicken from the store, you have to grab all the stuff out of the cavity, which people don't like to do. Yeah. It's already in there. It's all pre-cut. You, you just have to make sure you take yeah, it out. Yeah, it's just like in a little bag. Just yeah. get it out of there. Um, anyways, roasting a chicken. Store-bought chicken. Um, another great thing about the roast chicken is cheap. It is pretty cheap. Like, like You can get a couple meals out of that if you're exactly. like one or two people, for sure. Um, salt, salt, salt. Season your chicken. Salt the outside, salt the inside, yeah. some pepper. Um, you want to make sure you get a pan that's big enough for the chicken. Make sure you fit it in there beforehand <laughs> so you know it's right. Um, you don't have to tie the legs together. Um, people do just to kind of keep it all together. But um, usually you just take butcher twine or even a, you know, um, I would use a rubber band, but... You just want to just tie those two legs together. There's nothing really fancy about it. Just get them, get them close. Um, you don't need stuffing. Um, I like to use citrus. Just get a lemon, cut it into quarters, throw that in the cavity, um, and literally that's it. You can throw it in the oven. Did you cover? Would you put some like olive oil all over the body or no? Um, that's you can you can if you'd like. You can go dry rub, just salt, pepper, some seasoning, okay. or you can put butter. I like putting butter underneath the skin, yeah, yeah, between yeah. the skin and the flesh. Yeah, it feels good. Um, it feels good <laughs> on your fingers. Um, but no, it's it's very very simple. Um, what temperature would you cook it at? Between three fifty and three seventy five for about an hour. Okay. Um, and do yourself a favor, spend six dollars and go get a meat thermometer. 
every grocery store has one. It is a very useful tool. Um, you'll, I use it almost every single time I cook a big piece of protein. I accept that and I raise you and spend another $6 and get a uh, thermometer that you just leave in your oven so you know what temperature your oven is actually calibrated at. Because uh, odds are it's not what the dial says it is. <laughs> I think you're baking at 350 that. and you're really at 400. That's so. very true. Um, but anyways, roast chicken about an hour, hour and 25 minutes until that breast meat, middle of breast meat is 165. Um, and then the most important step, I think, is once you take the chicken out of the oven, you let it rest. How long? About 10 to 15 minutes. Let all okay. those juices resettle before you cut into yeah, it. Yeah, pour yourself another glass of wine. Exactly. Just, you know, watch it. And do a victory lap. Throw that fist yeah. in the air and be like, look what I made. Look what I made. This golden brown, beautiful skin chicken. You're going to impress everybody. And you could whip up a simple side salad, roast some potatoes, bam. Boom. Oh, another fun thing. You put root vegetables into the pan. Oh. Catch it, catches all the chicken juice. Yes, yes, You're yes, good. You yes. literally have meal in a pan. Yep. All right, let's bring it to the sweet side. <laughs> yeah, give me, I mean, give me something easy to make. This is like a classic Americana, right? A brownie sundae. You can buy the ice cream. You can even buy the whipped cream. You can buy the cherries. You can buy, you know, if you want banana, whatever. Go, go nuts, guys. But if you just take an extra 10 minutes and whip up brownies from scratch, they'll not only be warm, but they'll be impressive and they'll taste so much better than like store-bought brownies. So you're just talking about buying the box of brownies, right? No, I mean you could, but no. <laughs> um, this is actually really easy. You take some of that chocolate, that, you know, that baking chocolate I mentioned, the unsweetened one. You chop up a few ounces of that. Butter, sugar, eggs, vanilla, salt, flour, cocoa. That's literally everything I said to have in your pantry as a staple. And that's you can you're make already brownies. Through it. You're yeah, through it. And you're if you like nuts. Toast some walnuts, throw them in, but you really don't even need to. Um, you can make it in an 8x8. You can make it in a 13x9 and have thinner brownies. Um, it's really up to you. That's nice. It's like the prep Super time is easy. like 15 minutes. You bake them for like 35. You know, while you're chicken, while you're eating your chicken, you bake your brownies. Boom. And you got your ice cream you softening. And you, oh Sunday. my God, let's, I need this now. So I was wondering like what your real... You know, if say you have a vegetarian in the house, you can't make a roast chicken, but like Ugh. you're dating this girl, she's super like you want to impress her. She okay. she may be the one. Oh. So well. what what do you make her? If well, you I mean, really like, like don't feel comfortable in the kitchen, but you you told her you'd make her dinner and you're like, Oh, what do I make? Well, now that you're stocked with your pantry, and you don't even need a full pantry for this one. Um, I think pesto is kind of a nice secret weapon. I love pesto. Everyone loves pesto. <laughs> um, if you don't want to make your own and it is very easy to make your own, you can buy it. Buy it in the store. They have plenty of jars. Just kind of, you know, yeah. buy the fresher one. Don't buy the one that's sitting in the pasta aisle. Buy the one that's in the refrigerated section. Um, and you can literally mix this with anything. Um, pasta is a great vessel. Sometimes some meat. If you want to go the vegetarian, you get some veggies. You saute those up. Throw the pesto sauce in there. Put that on top of pasta. You are set to go. Yeah. Um, kind of a fun way to elevate that pesto one more is if you're doing pasta, you put the pesto in the pan with the pasta as after it's drained, mm -hmm. get that all worked together and then add just a little bit of butter mm. and you'll get that really nice shimmer. Sounds like it'd be good mouthfeel. Mm -hmm. Good mouthfeel. <laughs> Great mouthfeel. Um, and a little butter never hurt anybody. It really didn't guys. I think fat is back. Yeah. And add a little way. salt, a little pepper. You're good to go. Oh, I want that now too. See? Jeez Louise. Okay. What's your, what's your go-to? You want so, to impress a boy? Yes. This is a little bit more impressive than a brownie <laughs> sundae. Um, a pound cake. I more impressive than pesto. What's oh, more impressive no, no, no. than pesto? This is more impressive on the sweet side than pesto. Well, not even. Anyway, 
Um, pound cake was named because all the ingredients, uh, their weights add up to a pound. Well, yeah, but you didn't know that. It's it's a loaf cake, which I t- have talked in the past on the other episodes how much I love a good loaf cake. Um, it's a bumper sticker coming your way. Oh, we got to make that. <laughs> Mouthfeel and loaf cake. Love a good loaf cake. So, um, and it's 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 okay if it's dense because it's supposed to be, right? So you can't really like over mix and overwork the batter. Um, if you do, it's, it's fine because no one will really notice. Also because you can cover it in any matter of ways. You can put a hot fudge sauce on it. You can make a simple syrup and, you know, throw that on there as like a glaze with a little bit of lemon juice we're or orange about juice. Beginner, we're talking about canned whipped cream and yeah. strawberries. You could even do Boom. that. Yeah. Strawberries, they're a little balsamic. And I mean, you could, you could go a million ways with it and it can look beautiful when you just slice it and cover it with something on a plate. Add a little mint for garnish oh, perhaps. There you go. What do you, uh, what are your, what are the ingredients set up to a pound? Um, so it's sugar. It's sugar, it's butter, um, and it is flour. Sugar, butter, and flour. Sugar, butter, and flour. That's oh, wait, it. no, no, no. There's also I eggs. Say, there you go. Eggs, um, vanilla, and then always, always, always salt when you're baking. There you go. Yeah. Easy. Okay, so hopefully we've um, helped elevate your beginner cooking game a little bit here. Um, pantry yeah. and some go-to recipes. Um, these will all be featured on Chowhound actually this time, as well as our websites. Um, I'll be doing a little beginner's pantry entry on the Chowhound feature side. So check that out. Yeah. So sweet and salty podcast.com. Um, we both have Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, you know, follow Kellen's kitchen and Marlo's bake shop and leave us a review on iTunes. If you enjoyed this. All right. Thanks guys. Stay sweet, Marlo. Stay salty, Kellen. <laughs>